You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 47, entitled Lawn Reno Season. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Uh, I hope you guys are really uh, doing great this week, and thank you for uh, tuning in or downloading another episode this week and letting me uh, into your ear. And, uh, you know, um, for the support that you guys have given me um, in the last uh, few months or so has been uh, fantastic. And I really appreciate that. Keep the reviews coming, the iTunes reviews. uh, I really appreciate that as well. Uh, you can head on over to my website at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com and uh, go to the review tabs there and read some of the reviews that have been left by uh, some of the listeners of the podcast. Also, if you haven't already um, checked out the uh, software page uh, on the website, and if you're looking for uh, a software management uh, tool for your lawn care business to be able to invoice and do uh, estimates and keep track of your clients and your billing and all that sort of stuff, uh, I put together a page there uh, under the resources page. You'll see a listing of uh, s- uh, some top three uh, software solutions there. And then uh, if you, you can click a tab underneath that, uh, it says for the complete list, you click that and it goes into a complete list of uh, uh, a lot of the software solutions available out there. Um, there's probably more that I haven't found uh, so far, but uh, the list is there and it keeps growing. Uh, and I sort of break down uh, what each one offers uh, and uh, their trial offers and all that sort of stuff. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, you can head on over there to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com and hit that resources page and you'll see uh, uh, the links there. Uh, so... With the spring uh, upon us now, um, for most of you guys out there, um, lawn reno season uh, is sort of uh, in full effect. And um, here on the West Coast, or the Wet Coast, as uh, sometimes we're known, uh, the major issue here, um, as um, most of you have probably heard me talk about over uh, the past few months, is moss uh, is the big issue in lawns around here. Just due to all that moisture and all that rain for most of the year, uh, the cloud cover, uh, it just uh, causes lawns to be saturated with water for so long in a lot of areas. Uh, so we get a lot of moss. And um, so this time of year with the spring, uh, the phones start ringing uh, with people, uh, you know, um, wanting to take care of that moss in their lawns. But a lot of times it's been left for so long um, that a lawn reno is uh, in order. Uh, now, you don't have to necessarily uh, remove um, all of that um 
old turf out of there or old lawn out of there and reinst or you know to install new uh roll on turf or anything like that you can uh usually um, get away with doing a reno on the existing lawn and get it back to, um, you know, a pristine sort of lawn condition. So I'm going to go through in this episode, uh, for you new guys out there who are just starting out and may not know, um, you know, uh, what's involved or what you should be doing. To do a lawn reno, um, I'm going to go through that uh, and what has worked for me over the past few years. Um, actually, well, since uh, I had started this uh, and uh, and I've been doing these lawn renos and sort of got it down to a system of how I like to do them. And the results have uh, been fantastic in uh, my area. Now, I say, um, obviously, moss like I said before, is the biggest issue that we have in this area. Uh, so it may be different for you depending on where you are. Uh, I know even, um, you know, here where I am, um, clay is a big issue in lawns. Uh, there's a lot of clay so that water, when it rains, it sits, uh, sort of penetrates that top uh, layer of soil. Uh, but once that, uh, water percolates through that soil it, you know that uh, after about the uh, six inches to one foot uh, level it will eventually hit a sort of clay pan here in the city where I'm at and uh, then the water has nowhere to go um, so that's why the lawns get all saturated and they take forever to drain um, in fact I remember uh, house hunting uh, about uh, 10 years ago uh, looking for uh, one, I think it was my first house, uh, me and my wife were looking at, and, uh, we went to, uh, see a house. It was in, uh, November, I think it was, uh, or October. Um, but we had come off a drought and, uh, it was a dry summer and then it rained a little bit, um, in, uh, uh, part of September and uh when we went to go look at this house it actually had hadn't rained after the that initial rain it hadn't rained for 30 days uh give or take uh so we were roughly about a month without rain since it had last last uh heavily rained and uh i remember walking in this backyard and it was still saturated with water um it was still squishy and uh it was amazing to me that I was, uh, experiencing that sort of as if it had rained, you know, a few days earlier sort of idea. And it hadn't rained in uh, 30 days at that point. And the, the owner hadn't watered the lawn or anything. It was just, uh, they had always had issues in their backyard, uh, with water not draining. Uh, but then, uh, a little bit, uh, farther West, uh, if you actually leave the mainland here of uh, Canada, the West Coast, uh, there's Vancouver Island, um, and there apparently it's opposite. They don't have that issue with uh, the soft lawns and the clay and stuff because it's all rock. It's an island, um, so it's just all hard and rock, and they don't have those issues. I've heard from uh, lawn care guys over there. Uh, so things can change, and depending on your geographical area, um, you know, Moss may not be that main issue for you, as it is for me. Um, 
in my area. So you need to sort of take what I'm talking about. You may have to adjust it for your conditions, maybe do some research on whatever the problem uh, thing is in your area and sort of adjust it accordingly. But I think the majority of these uh, steps um, that I do will be relevant for uh, just about everybody. So when I'm going to look at a lawn and it's been uh, neglected for quite a few years and the moss has uh, taken control and taken hold, um, you know, I usually recommend a lawn reno um, as the first course of action. And what that involves is a bunch of uh, steps. So the first step that I would do in a lawn reno is to be sure to put down a moss control product. So sometimes you can use a liquid and sometimes you can use a granular uh, version of this. Um, I usually have been using granular. I will use a liquid if the moss um, is absolutely crazy um, then or really, really thick. Then, uh, you know, sometimes if it's really troublesome, uh, then I can go back and use a liquid. But I'll usually start off with the granular because uh, the stuff that I like to use is basically uh, it's got a fertilizer in it, a 936 fertilizer in it. And then it'll have that uh, iron content to help kill uh, the moss. But what I like about this product is um, is that it'll start killing the moss, but at the same time that fertilizer is starting to kick in and give that uh, lawn, whatever's left of the lawn, uh, start to strengthen that and, and get it ready uh, for uh, the power raking to come. So I'll put down the moss control product. And over the years, uh, depending on supplier, I have found different um, uh, versions of it. They've, it's always been a 936 fertilizer product, but the amount of iron has varied. Um, unfortunately, now it's a bit lower than it used to be. So now currently, I think it's 13.5% iron. Uh, that's added to the uh, 936 fertilizer uh, about nine, eight, nine uh, years ago or so. I was buying it and uh, it was a product called Moss Terminator and it had, it was a 936 fertilizer, but it had 18% uh, iron in it, uh, which is equal to um, a lot of the liquid fertilizers. Uh, so that one, uh, those worked really, really well. Uh, like I say, now um, I can't seem to find that one around, so it's uh, a, a different brand, and uh, the iron content is a bit lower at 13.5, but still does a pretty good job, uh, and uh, it actually is fantastic on uh, lawns that don't uh, have any moss issues or have very little moss issues, um, because that iron content really, really uh, greens up the lawns uh, and uh, gives it a really dark uh, emerald green uh, color. Uh, and within a week or so, the lawn just looks fantastic. Uh, so I, I actually put that 936 uh, with a 13% uh, iron content, I put that on all of my uh client lawns, uh, because it just makes the lawns look amazing. Uh, and subsequently after 
Uh, when I was doing my um, pesticide and herbicide uh, license um, about uh, five or six years ago, the uh, instructor that came into the class was talking about uh, iron for lawns and how uh, uh, he was saying that um, iron is sort of like a secret weapon to use if you want to green up a lawn uh, really quickly. And he said, um, you know, say you have a client who's going to have a, you know, a big family barbecue and they want the lawn to look really fantastic and stuff. Um, you know, he'll, uh, he'll go and put, uh, that iron, a fertilizer with that iron in it, uh, you know, a week or so before, um, that family function and it just makes the lawns look fantastic. So it sort of uh, hit a light bulb in my head when he said that, cause I was like, that's totally true because, you know, I've noticed the same effects uh, on lawns that, uh, you know, had little moss and stuff. Obviously if a lawn has a bunch of moss, you don't get the same effect you do in the respect that, where the lawn is, where wherever there's actual grass left, it starts to grow in nice and strong and the color is great. But because of the amount, if there's a lot of moss, the moss control also is killing the moss, which is turning the moss black. So then you have black spots all over the lawn, which doesn't look good. But on a lawn that has no moss or very little moss, putting that moss control product down uh, specifically one with, that has a fertilizer in it. Uh, it just, the lawns are just fantastic. Like the neighbors, when I'm doing a client's lawn, you know, after that week or so, once it's had time to be watered in and stuff, then the neighbors are all just going like, what the heck, uh, you know, how does this guy's lawn look fantastic? And, you know, and then you get all these walk-ups of people asking you uh, if you can do the same thing to their lawn or do whatever you did to their neighbor's lawn. Uh, so it's actually a, a really great thing. Um, now, the uh, next step after I uh, do the moss control product is I leave it. And I'll leave it for a few weeks usually so that uh, that moss uh, control has time to be watered in or rained in. Um, and also has time to do its stuff uh, to the moss and kill the moss. Now, this is important because you don't want to uh, just simply power rake uh, moss without treating it first. Uh, because you'll notice when you're power raking, you're doing it usually on a, a warm, sunny day, a nice dry day. Um, otherwise, you're just uh, you know tearing apart everything, making a huge mess if it's uh, wet and muddy and stuff like that, right? So you're doing it on a nice dry day. Uh, also just makes power raking way easier, makes cleaning up way easier. Um, so when you're doing that though, you'll notice that it's super dusty and a lot of that, uh, you get uh, airborne spores and stuff from the moss and it can actually, you know, once you're done there, all settle back down and you haven't killed anything, uh, beforehand if you haven't put a moss control down. Uh, and I've seen, uh, from other companies that don't moss control and their clients complaining or even clients saying, you know, that they've tried moss or sorry, power raking themselves. And, uh, you know, the moss just came back worse. Uh, you know, they may have had a problem area in one spot and, you know, they're, uh, power raking the whole lawn. And then, you know, within that next year, uh, the moss had spread, uh, to their whole entire lawn. 
And the reason for this is all that dust and those dust-borne spores from the moss. So you're power raking it, all that dust is lifted up, and because you haven't killed that moss beforehand, it all just settles back down, and now it spreads to the rest of your lawn, it can spread to neighbors' lawns, um, and, uh, you know, then it just... uh, starts to uh, grow a lot easier from there. So it's always best to uh, put a moss control product down first and make sure you kill that moss uh, before you do any power raking. So like I said, the next step um, after that's done and after it's been sitting for a few weeks, the next thing that I do is that I do then go back and uh, usually once the, the moss control is done, I'll go back And if it's not a client that I normally have on my regular scheduled visits, if it's just somebody who's calling for a lawn rental, um, then I may need to mow it first. Um, uh, But sometimes the client will take care of themselves if they're, uh, you know, doing the mowing themselves. Um, I'll just give them a heads up and say, hey, we're coming on this day. Make sure you mow it uh, as short as possible. Uh, if it's a regular scheduled client and I know that that power rake is coming up, then when I'm going there to do the mowing, I will uh, mow it and just mow it as short as I possibly can um, and get it ready for power raking. So then I would go and uh, I'd bring the power rake and I'd also bring uh, my aerator and uh, I would start to power rake. Now I'll go over the perimeter of the lawn first. Uh, as if you're just mowing the lawn, uh, just going up and down, and I'll do that as the first pass. Uh, you'll clean up all of the moss and stuff, and if it's really bad, you know you can be pushing that power rake, and you've got um, piles of uh, dead moss and thatch and stuff. Uh, you know, anywhere from like eight to ten inches tall behind you uh, as you're walking uh, with the uh, power rake. So once I've done that first pass, I will uh, take my rake and either manually rake it or uh, take the lawnmower and uh, maybe put some old blades on it And because uh, cleaning up uh, power raking debris can really destroy your lawnmower blades. So I usually have uh, old uh, spares that I can use. Uh, so I will take that, mow it again in a direction just to make sure it's all cleaned up Um And obviously I'm bagging it at this point, so I'm cleaning up all the rest of it. Uh, And then I'll hit the power rake again a second time in the opposite direction. So again, I'll go around the perimeter, uh, but then I'll go back and forth in the opposite direction um, of what I was doing uh, the first time. So if I was going... um, you know, up and down the yard in sort of lengthwise, sort of if the lawn is like a a long ways. The second time around, I'll be going side to side, uh, back and forth, so that you're doing sort of a cross pattern. Uh, And then once that's done, again, get to raking it into piles, uh, get rid of, uh, you know, the biggest parts of it, go with the lawnmower, go over it again, just to clean it all up again, make sure you're picking up all the little bits. And then I'll go over the lawn and check it out and see if it requires a third uh, power raking and um, or if there's some trouble area. Sometimes uh, I'll just hit some trouble spots um, that require... Uh, you know, some more power raking. Sometimes I'll just do the whole lawn again, just uh, quickly power rake it. And I'll go back to that first uh, direction that I was doing. Or sometimes I might even go diagonally now, uh, the third time, if it was, uh, if there's a bunch of trouble areas that, um, 
you know, maybe the lawn isn't completely flat. It might have some lumpy spots or something that uh, is causing the tines of the power rake not to quite uh, bite into uh, the uh, uh, soil or the root uh, system properly to be able to pull out uh, that stuff. Now, when I'm doing the uh, tines, how I'll set it is I just set the power rake um, on a sidewalk or flat surface and I'll set or lower the tines uh, so that when the machine is engaged, uh, this is obviously with the machine off, but when if the machine were to be engaged that the tines are just uh, touching the uh, ground. Uh, so I use do that by visually looking at that on a sidewalk. I'll set the tines, the depth of the tines, um, with them so that they're uh, touching sort of the pavement uh, so that I know that when I'm engaging, it's just skimming that root surface to pull out that moss and stuff. So that's what I'll uh, do there. Do those uh, two to three passes. Uh, and then I finished that off with a mowing again, a third mowing if needed. Uh, and uh, just to clean it all up and clean up all the loose debris and stuff that might be there. Uh, this is, you have to be careful if there's uh, big areas of just dirt and stuff. This is where it can get really dusty and messy. You want to sort of try to avoid those spots and just go over the spots where there is uh, lawn left over. Um, you know, at this point, it's going to look pretty decimated um, and it's going to be pretty gray and brown looking. Um, power raking is very. Um, hard on a lawn, um, you know, with those uh, tines just barely cutting into the surface. A lot of times, all of those uh, uh, roots and s the root system and stuff that uh, are sort of the, the sideways creeping roots uh, can get all sliced up uh, with the power rake. So uh, the, lawn, the lawn's going to go into sort of a stress uh, mode uh, for the next little bit. But uh, the next step that I like to do is... Uh, then I'm going to put down uh, some lime on the lawn. And uh, I like to use like a Dolapril product um, instead of the powdery, uh, white, messy stuff that uh, half blows away. I like to use the Dolapril. It's a little bit more expensive, um, but you know exactly what's going down because it's, uh, you know, basically like a fertilizer. You know, it is a little bit dusty because there's always residue and stuff in the bags, but it's not as bad as the, the white chalky type lime. That, you know, if you get a little bit of wind and you start spreading it, you know, it's just all blowing down the, the neighborhood to all the neighbor's lawns and stuff. So the Dilapril is nice because it's in sort of a pellet form, just like, uh, you know, a standard fertilizer. Uh, but it's uh, highly soluble. So as soon as it gets wet, uh, it turns, uh, you know, into back into that sort of chalky white uh that you would uh, normally associate with lime. Uh, because of this, you want to make sure that... um you're blowing off all your sidewalks and hard uh, surfaces after you put the Dolapril down. You don't want to leave any pellets uh, straight because, like I said, as soon as they get wet, uh, they dissolve and then it just leaves white dots all over the lawn. They wash off very easily. Like if you get a heavy rain, um, you know, the it, it completely washes off. So it's not a permanent stain. Uh, but if it's just a sprinkle um, or morning dew or that sort of thing. Uh, then, you know, there's uh, the customers left with all this uh, white uh, dots all over their uh, their uh, lawn and uh, or sorry, all over their uh, sidewalks and driveways and stuff. So you want to make sure you blow that off. So I'll do that at the very end of uh, this uh, particular um, part of the lawn rental is I'll um, once everything's done, 
you know, obviously I'll go with the blower to clean up, but I'll be blowing everything, all the little uh, fertilizer and grass seed and things like that that may have gone onto the hard surfaces. I blow it back onto the lawn surface. So anyways, that gets me back to that. Um, and also, uh, that reminds me that with that, um, moss control product, doing it with a, um, pellet form the 936 type fertilizer that has the moss control because you're using a fertilizer spreader with that as well you want to also make sure that you're blowing off um, all your uh, sidewalks and driveways and stuff onto back onto the lawn once you're done uh, to make sure that none of that fertilizer with uh, the moss control is left on those surfaces because of the iron in it uh, once that gets wet it leaves orange stain marks on the um hard surfaces because the iron is basically rusting uh, once it gets wet. Uh, so it leaves uh, stain marks on those hard concrete surfaces. Um, again, I don't think it's permanent. Um, at least I've never experienced uh, any long-term issues. It eventually just uh, washes off with a bunch of rain. Um, but then again, um, I have always blown off and cleaned up uh, after myself anyway. So uh, it's never been an issue for me. So back to that, uh, uh, the step there. So after uh, putting that lime down, uh, the next step that I would do is put down a starter fertilizer. Um, so I get my my seed and my lime and my fertilizer at a landscape um, supplier uh, specifically. Um, the place that I go to um, is called uh, Pacific Premier Seed, um, and they don't sell to the public. They only sell to lawn care companies, uh, and uh, you know they specialize in different grass uh, blends, uh, grass seed blends, uh, depending on what you're trying to grow, and they're specific for the growing region that, uh, uh, you know, we're in specifically, unlike going to say, maybe, um, uh, buying your grass seed at a place like Home Depot or Walmart or something like that. Some, some other, you know, garden store, um, big box garden store where that grass seed may not be specifically formulated for your area. It may be a wider range or a bigger blend that's in that bag to cover a larger geographical area because of their supply chains and distribution and all that sort of stuff you know it may not be targeted for a specific area so i like going to uh specific uh, seed suppliers uh so that you can get uh the blend obviously also uh, the pricing is going to be a lot better even though you know a bag of grass seed for me uh can be in the hundred dollar range um but it's a huge um you know, a uh, huge, like, uh, 50 kilo bag of, uh, grass seed. Uh, so they're just massive, huge, um, bags versus the small little, uh, uh, bags that, uh, you get at the, uh, you know, big box stores for grass seed. And I know it's bl a blend that's specifically, uh, formulated, specifically blended together for my particular geographical area so i always get really great results they you they also have custom blends if you want you know you know a shade seed uh mixed with a, a sun loving type uh seed they have it all blended there so i never have to worry about uh what i'm putting down or or that sort of thing because i know that um 
you know, this is what they specialize in and blending it for this specific area. So all I ever have to worry about is whether, uh, you know, I'm doing a shade seed or, uh, you know, a seed that's for, uh, say, um, sports areas playing where there's going to be a lot of traffic or uh, that sort of thing, or just a regular uh, lawn, um, ornamental type lawn. Uh, so I would uh, definitely... Um, recommend that you guys if you haven't you guys are starting out to just do a google search look for grass seed look for uh landscape supplying places um and uh, i'm sure you guys can find um them around your area um there's a you know actually a a couple of them uh, three of them that i know of uh, just in my um area and surrounding area of large seed suppliers, all three different companies. So if my uh, area has that, I'm sure uh, you guys uh, have that as well. Um, and uh, so I would definitely recommend that because you're going to get, uh, you know, better prices, bigger selection. You're going to have uh, the stuff that's uh, specifically formulated uh, for your particular geographical area. So like I say, I would, I put down a starter uh, fertilizer down. So they have, they sell a fertilizer there, um, at the seed place that's specifically made for starting lawns, starting new seeded lawns. Um, it's got uh, a lower, uh, nitrogen, uh, content in it. Uh, so I, Put that stuff down and it seems to work wonders uh, with the newly seeded lawns. So that next step is I, so I do that lime, put that lime down, I put the fertilizer down and then I cover the entire lawn uh, with the grass seed that I've gotten from uh, these places. Uh, so what I do here is uh, with the lime and the fertilizer, I use a regular, um, uh, spreader, regular fertilizer spreader. I use the Shindawa uh, ones uh, this year. I was using, a, I think it was called a Cyclone spreader before that, one of those stainless steel um, round uh, spreaders. And now uh, that one lasted me quite a, quite a bit, uh, maybe eight years or so um, before, uh, you know, it finally started to break down and, uh, uh, you know, it was time for a new spreader. So I tried one of these uh, Shindawa uh, spreaders. I really like it. Uh, I've got the, I'm not sure the model number, but it's just the smallest one they have uh, with the pneumatic tires and it's got the cover on it. Uh, but it's more than enough for what I do being residential lawns. Um, you know, it, it can hold more than enough uh, uh, product in there, you know, easily a, a 20 kilogram bag of uh, uh, fertilizer fits uh, in the hopper. Uh, so I'll use one of those, uh, regular, uh, spreaders for, uh, the fertilizer and the lime. Uh, but when it comes to the grass seed and to avoid, depending on, uh, where I am, but generally because of the lawns that I service, they have flower beds and stuff, uh, surrounding lawn everywhere. And I don't want seed thrown everywhere. I don't want grass seed, uh, thrown into the flower beds and all that sort of stuff, because obviously that's a huge pain. Uh, so I take the extra time to use a, uh, drop spreader. Uh, so I think I've got, a a Vigoro, a drop spreader. Um, and actually 
I had a couple that I was using. I went through a few of these drop spreaders from Home Depot um, that I bought because uh, they were the only ones I could find uh, around my area that had drop spreaders still. They don't seem to be very popular. Um, but um, so these are the spreaders that are low to the ground um, and they're sort of long and rectangular with the two wheels on each end. And they do exactly what they say. They just drop the seed. It's just basically uh, holes at the bottom of the spreader that when you open it, um, you know, the seed just directly falls down. It doesn't get thrown uh, like a traditional spreader uh, does. A broadcast spreader does so with a drop spreader it just drops the seed down the broadcast spreader obviously it has that spinning wheel at the bottom so as the product falls onto that wheel it spins it and uh, distributes it broadcasts it over larger areas uh, so you know you could be walking with a broadcast spreader uh, and uh, you know it's maybe doing a, a 10 foot radius around you a fertilizer where with a drop spreader, you're only getting, if you know, if the spreader's, uh, uh, you know, 21 inches wide or 22 inches wide, that's as wide of a path as you're doing it. So you have to make sure that you're uh, going uh, and overlapping all your areas um, as you go down, you know, the length of your lawn, you turn around, you're making sure that you're overlapping that previous by an inch or so. Um, and, uh, going over the area there, not with, you don't want to do that with fertilizer, obviously, cause you could burn the fertilizer, but with grass seed, I overlap it, uh, by an inch or so, uh, and just go back and forth over the lawn. And that way I know I'm getting grass seed directly down over the areas I've walked over. And it's not being thrown, uh, you know, if I'm going around the perimeter of a lawn, it's not getting thrown all into the grass or into the garden beds and all that. And, you know, the customer, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks has grass growing all over their garden beds and things like that. So I'll take the extra time to do it that way. And it does take quite a bit longer, uh, you know, to distribute grass seed that way, as opposed to doing the broadcast spreader. Um, but like I say, I think the results in the end, um, make the customer a lot happier. And, you know, over the years, I have uh, priced accordingly uh, for reseeding a lawn because I know uh, how I'm doing it and doing it with the drop spreader, which takes longer. Uh, so I just price out accordingly to that. Uh, and I also, obviously, I always uh, make a point when I'm selling the job to uh, let the client know uh, about that. So I am going to just take a break and uh, uh, just a few messages and then uh, we'll get back into it. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. If you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do. So I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice. There's no long-term commitments and you can cancel any time. And get this, even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so after we've uh, put down uh, 
the lime and we've put down the seed and you know we've put down uh, the fertilizer uh, the next step that I like to do is I aerate the lawn. Now, you may be asking, well, why the heck are you going to aerate the lawn um, after uh, doing the seed and the fertilizer and stuff? Well, I used to do it actually the other way. I used to do the power raking, and then I would aerate the lawn uh, right after the power raking. And you can still do it, but what I found was is that after you aerate it, you leave all those cores uh, on the lawn, uh, and then I would go over it with a heavy uh, fertilizer spreader uh, because the fertilizer, the spreader would be full of fertilizer or grass seed or whatever, and then it would just pick up all the the wheels of the uh, spreader would pick up all of the cores uh, become harder to push the fertilizer spreader because it was almost like a, a snowball effect. You know, when you start with a, a small snowball and you roll it on the ground and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger that's what would happen with the fertilizer spreader uh with the wheels as it went over the lawn um you know the the dirt uh from the cores of the uh power or sorry the aerator would start to um pack into the tires and as it went over more they would collect and start to get bigger and bigger and bigger and you'd have all this dirt packed onto the wheels and it would make uh you know pushing the spreader lumpy and then you know as you're going on to uh you know, you might be going from one area of a lawn and having to cross a driveway or something to get to another area and you've got the fertilizer spreader full. It's too heavy to carry. Um, so you're pushing it, but because the dirt now, you're tracking dirt across a driveway uh, because it's all packed into the wheels and stuff. So what I found to work better was to do that power raking first. You're cleaning up everything after that. Then basically it's just lawn. You may have a couple of areas of just some dirt patches and stuff, but it's not as bad, um, as having, uh, all those loose cores there. Uh, so I find that by, uh, putting the fertilizer, putting the seed and putting the, uh, lime down, uh, that when I go to, um, and aerating after that, that the, um, you know, you're not left tracking all that dirt and stuff. You get a little bit of, uh, uh, tracking like you do normally with uh, when you're aerating anyways uh, you get a, a little bit of it but it's not as much as it was with the uh, fertilizer spreader at least in my uh, case I found also the next step that I like to do in a lawn reno is uh, to top dress the lawn um, and I much prefer uh, top dressing over the seed than to leave the seed exposed on top of the surface. Um, so that's another reason why I like to uh, do that because after I aerate and stuff like that, then I go into uh, top dressing and uh, the seeds down, everything's ready to go. Um, and sometimes depending as well, one of the things that I do is I sometimes break up services uh, for a lawn reno. So I may go out and do, um, you know, all of the power raking on one day for say I've got three or four or five or whatever scheduled for a day uh, for lawn rentals or something to do. I'll break them up into sections. So I may do six one day uh, and just do uh, or break that even down farther to maybe three, depending on how big they are and how long they take. Um, so I may just go and do, um, you know, 
start at the top of my list and do like three power rakes uh, in that day, collect everything, take it to the dump um, and all that, and then go to the uh, the next three and do those and just do them in groups, that sort of thing. Um, and also I like to um, finish my jobs all at once as well, uh, sort of within a one week time period. Um, so if I'm say, uh, uh, say I power rake somebody's lawn or a group of lawns, um, on a Friday and my only next day to be able to, to finish that is the following Friday. So I won't power rake anybody else's lawns until I'm, uh, have finished those first three that I've done, uh, as far as the seeding and top dressing and all that sort of stuff. So anyways, that's just a, a bit sidetracked, but, um, just, um, how I like to do it. Uh, but back to the, um, sort of regular, uh, way that I like uh, doing the lawn reno. So, uh, once all that's done and that, uh, aeration is done, then, uh, I finish the lawn reno by top dressing. So I'll go and find a good supplier of organic, uh, soil and there's different blends that you can use. Um, in my area, the two popular, there's a turf blend that they call it, uh, which is basically organic soil mixed with uh, like a garden blend soil, they call it mixed 50% with uh, sand, uh, for drainage and stuff. So depending on, um, if there's, uh, underlying issues or anything with, uh, the lawn, if drainage and things is an issue, then I may do the turf blend with the sand mixed in. Um, but, uh, nutritionally for the lawn, the sand doesn't really offer anything. So if, uh, drainage issues and things like that aren't a big problem, then, uh, the other thing, uh, that I'll do sometimes is just, uh, top dress with just the garden blend type soil. Uh, so just nice organic rich soil, uh, and put that down over the grass seed. So like I mentioned before, I like doing the grass seed, um, First, before top dressing, I, I see uh, people doing it the other way. I have never um, understood it uh, to myself because, um, you know, you want to have good soil contact with your uh, grass seed and you also want to keep that grass seed from drying. Um, so, you know, that grass seed, it can stay uh you know, fresh for years inside the bag in the store and all that sort of stuff. And you have to obviously wet it to get it to germinate and start growing. Um, now the thing with grass seed is that, um, if once you start wetting it and it starts to germinate, if it dries out, um, more often than not, the grass seed will die and it's not going to, um, produce uh, the results that you're looking after. And this is probably why a lot of people think that growing a lawn is too hard. Um, and a lot of uh, homeowners will, you know, they'll put grass seed down and they wet it. And, uh, you know, a couple days later they may wet it again. And, uh, you know, then they wonder why it's taking forever to grow and they're always having to add more seed and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of that, uh, a lot of those issues can be resolved just simply by, uh, covering that grass, uh, seed with soil, right? So it gets good contact. Uh, now when I'm top dressing a lawn, I'm not putting 
mountains of dirt down. I'm doing maybe uh, a half inch of soil uh, throughout the whole lawn. Obviously, there's going to be dips and valleys and things and areas where you're getting more soil and areas where it's thicker. But generally, that's what you're you're looking for is about a half an inch to an inch of soil over the entire lawn. Um, so uh, by doing that, I'm covering that, that uh, grass seed. Uh, also using a nice uh, organic soil like I do. Um, even the turf blend, uh, you know, it has a lot of that composted material in it. So you see there's not big chunks of wood or anything, but there's a lot of little um slivers and pieces and and things of wood all through the soil um and uh this actually works great to your advantage because when you go to water that lawn that all those little wood chips and bits all soak up that water and then they slowly release uh that water over time which helps keep that uh, grass seed moist because it's it's covered under the soil it's not exposed to the air which will dry it out uh really quickly it's under the soil, um, and uh, it uh, you know it stays wet longer, uh, and uh, it just gives you a better result. Now, um, what I tell the customer after I top dress because now that's the final step. I'm I'm done at this point. I fulfilled my. Um, as far as my quote goes and all that sort of goes. Uh, and now it's the responsibility shifts now to the homeowner uh, and them having to water it. And I let them know, uh, you know, I, I sort of tell them what I just uh, said to you guys how the grass seed can stay fresh in the bags for years and stuff. Once you put it down, it needs to be wet. If it dries after that, uh, you know, I sort of uh, uh, scare them a bit by saying, you know, if it dries at all, it's not going to, it's not going to take, it's going to, you know, it's not going to think just to sort of emphasize that so that they're, uh, make sure that they water and stuff. And generally I've had no issues then they're uh, constantly watering the lawn uh, or setting their sprinklers uh, for a couple times a day uh, to water the lawn during the spring time, uh, which works out great because in our area, there's no watering restrictions uh, in this point yet uh, until uh, towards the end of uh, May. Uh, so the water, the lawn gets watered a few times a day, it stays nice and wet. I also tell them to water deeply, uh, that you don't want shallow watering, uh, that you want at least an inch of water, uh, in the lawn. And I tell them simply, you know, if, uh, the easiest thing to do is just find a container that's about an inch deep, uh, like a tuna fish can or a cat food can, and just place that sort of in the middle of the path of their uh, watering and uh, turn on the sprinklers and uh, just uh, keep an eye on it and see when that can fills up because that can, that uh, can is about an inch high. Uh, once that can fills up, um, and you've timed how long that takes, then you know how long it takes uh, you to water your lawn to get an inch of water on the lawn. Uh, so basically, I sort of just use that rule of thumb, uh, the people water lawns. And I tell them also that from there, that point, you know, if it's a regular customer, uh, tell them that, you know, we're going to be skipping the mowing. It could be anywhere from at least four weeks uh, to about six weeks before we mow the lawn for the first time. Um and this just gives all the little seedlings, uh, you know, time to grow and time to um, uh, put their roots down and get nice and strong without uh, uh, running a heavy mower over top and uh, destroying uh, all the work we've put in uh, or rutting or uh, leaving uh, uh, a lumpy, bumpy lawn over the, the top dressing and all that sort of stuff. Um, so... 
that's that uh, next stop. After the six weeks, I return to the lawn and uh, I uh, will do the first mowing. I also tell the customer in advance after we finish that that when we when I come back to do that first mowing, um, that there ultimately will be some bare areas where seed didn't take because generally there's some spots that do dry out or, uh, the birds start uh, going crazy and, uh, you know, starting to pick through the soil and stuff looking, uh, for the grass seed and things like that, particularly smaller birds. Um, and, uh, so there's always some areas, but it's not, uh, generally a huge issue. There might be one or two spots that need some more seed at that six week area, that six week time. And at that point, what I do is because I've already top dressed the lawn, it doesn't need any more soil. So at this point, I'll just put grass seed on top of those bare areas, but then I'll rake it in, um, with the rake to make sure it gets good soil contact and to cover the seed as best as possible. And, uh, from that point forward, I just instruct the client to keep watering it and uh, we start the weekly mowing again from that point, but I just avoid those uh, areas that uh, uh, haven't um, fully filled in yet. And within the next few weeks, uh, you know, I just monitor it and see, and uh, eventually within, uh, you know, about two months or so, two and a half months, uh, your lawn reno is complete as far as it being filled in and uh, nice and the lawn is uh, growing uh, nice and steady. Now the, an optional step here is to, at this point, then depending on, uh, the situation, um, is putting a weed control product down. Um, now depending on where you live, there may be restrictions on this. Uh, they're starting to come down through a lot of North American cities and stuff. Um, so, um, what I used to do was I would wait, um, a month or so, um, after the lawn had been fully established and everything was like filled in. Uh, and then I would put a weed, uh, control product down like kill X or something, a selective herbicide. I'd put that down and, uh, just to kill off any weeds and stuff, because you'll find that when you power raking, uh, you're disrupting the soil, you're removing a lot of that moss and thatch and things like that. There's a lot of bare areas. So now it's sort of all those opportunistic weed seeds and stuff that are in the soil. You've disturbed them. And sometimes you get a whole uh, crazy case of weeds coming up. Another optional thing that you can do is that you can, um, uh, do the weed spraying, uh, after you've power raked, uh, but before you've come back to do the seeding and stuff. Uh, so I've had a uh, success both ways. Um, and, uh, uh, I'm not quite sure. I think I prefer, uh, maybe the, the first way, uh, that I've been doing it where I just wait after the lawn is fully established, uh, to do it because then you get, um, a hold of all those weeds because obviously the weed killer needs uh, contact with the weed, right? So if you're doing it right after you're power raking it, um, you know, there may be some weeds there that are left, but, uh, you know, the weed seeds and stuff that are opportunistic, um, aren't really going to be affected by a weed killer at that point. It's going to be a week or so by the time, uh, you put, uh, that weed killer, down or from the time you put the weed killer down, uh, to when, uh, that weed seed would be, uh, uh, starting to grow and stuff. So it's not really gonna, uh, you know, it's not going to have a leaf surface for that, uh, weed killer to be in contact with. Uh, 
So I like the other way where, um, uh, you know, once the lawn is fully established, you just don't worry about the weeds at that point. Uh, and you wait until, uh, the, the seeds and everything's filled in because, uh, you'll notice, uh, on the weed seed uh, bags or even on the weed killer, it'll say uh, like on a bottle of Killex or something, it'll tell you that, um, you know, not to use it on newly seeded lawns for at least six weeks uh, after. So I just follow that sort of uh, general rule of thumb. I like to wait, tell the client not to sweat it, that, you know, it's going to have some weeds popping up on the newly seeded lawn for the first bit. And then uh, you can go in after and uh, apply that uh, weed control product if necessary uh, after that. And generally, it only takes one application of something like Killex. Uh, in fact, I have done lawn renos on lawns um, following this exact uh, sort of uh, outline that I've given you guys today. Uh, and uh, done the weed control after that uh, uh, six-week time frame uh, once the lawn was fully established and have kept that lawn uh, weed-free for almost four years uh, before the first weed uh, started popping up again uh, after that lawn reno. And, um, you know, for those four years had uh, uh, people living in that same uh, cul-de-sac that I did it uh, every time I was there constantly coming up to me asking me what I did to their neighbor's lawn to make it look uh, so good um, that uh, you know it just blew all of the other lawns uh, uh, out of the water and it looks like a brand new uh, uh, laid uh, sod um, lawn down Uh, so Uh, That's basically it for uh, how to do a lawn reno. Um, Like I say, you may have to adjust um, depending on the conditions or what, um, you know, is the problem sort of issue with lawns in your area. Um, And you may have to adjust uh, or adjust what you're putting down. I know in some areas, uh, like I say, just in my geographical area of living on the west coast of Canada in the province of British Columbia, you know, we have a an area um, towards the east here uh, called the Okanagan, um, the Okanagan Valley. It gets really hot there. uh, And uh, I know over there that they don't use uh, lime and stuff on their lawns uh, because they have the opposite um, soil conditions there. Uh, And like I said, on the island uh, towards the uh, west, that, uh, you know, they don't have issues with the uh, clay and the soil being uh, so wet and stuff all the time. Uh, So, you know, even in an area uh, like that, you can have multiple different scenarios. So just, uh, like I say, it's just a guideline. This is what works for me here where I am. So you have to take that uh, and remember that part of it and adjust accordingly um, to where you are, obviously, because... uh, you know, the uh, environmental conditions, um, you know, just in North America are going to be so diverse from uh, up north all the way down south. Uh, and uh, you're going to have to adjust accordingly. But basically, this is what I do for a regular residential lawn. Um, every spring, I've been doing uh, tons and tons of them every year uh, for the past 10 years. And they've all turned out fantastic. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have no issues. Uh, like it's almost second nature with me now doing them. Um, I just follow sort of the step by step. I've I've taught other guys um, how to do this as well. Other uh, landscapers who have asked me 
And I've uh, shared uh, my process with them and they've had equal uh, good results as well. So if you... Um, if you want to give that a try, that's sort of uh, basically what I do uh, for you new guys out there who may not uh, uh, know sort of the steps involved on how you would uh, uh, renovate a lawn. But like I say, just make sure you do your research on what is actually needed in your area um, as far as uh, the different products and uh, what's available to you. Um, you know, just uh, even the soils. Like I said, there's different types of soil blends and stuff. There's different seed blends. Um you know, I've mixed and matched seed blends before where I'm doing, um, you know, shade seed on part of a lawn and blending in some of the regular seed with that, um, where there was problem areas and things like that and found, uh, uh, you know, success with that, um, and done full sun seed seed in other areas. Uh, so I basically, you know, you, you want to customize it for the lawn so that you're giving the best results possible that you can. And, uh, so your clients are happy. You're getting to get referred, uh, a lot of referrals and, uh, other work, uh, coming from it. And it's another reason why, uh, when I'm selling a job, uh, you know, sometimes you encounter clients that are, um, cheap, um, <laughs> to say the least, and they don't want to do all of it. They're like, you know, just do this part, just do the power raking, throw some seed down or just think, and you know, that's not going to do anything. Yeah. The power raking will remove the stuff, but you know, if it's a, a heavily infested lawn of moss or something like that, they're going to have bare patches. Then they want you to just throw seed on top. They don't want to do the top dressing. They don't even want fertilizer or lime. You know, they don't, uh, want to heed your advice and I'll tell them I can't do it. Um, and, um, you know, I'll say, here's the reason why, because I'm going to be sitting here with my truck and trailer parked in front of your house doing this. All your neighbors are going to see me doing this job. And in six weeks, eight weeks, two months, when the lawn still looks like crap, because, None of the seed grew because you didn't want to top dress it. You didn't want to put fertilizer down or do any of that. Who do you think your uh, potential, my potential clients and uh, your neighbors are not going to call to come and do a job because they're not going to know that you didn't want to do all these extra steps, all the stuff that's required to do that job. They're just going to know that you hired this company to come and do this and that you know, six weeks later, the lawn looks worse than it did before I got there. So, you know, with stuff like that, I won't do it. They either do the whole uh, kit and caboodle if it's required. And obviously, I'm, if a lawn doesn't need a certain step or something, then I'm not going to recommend it to them. But in the case of, you know, most cases when you're doing lawn rental, it's going to require all these steps. Um, and if they don't want to do uh, all of it, it can be easy to say, oh yeah, I'll just do it and just take the money and, uh, you know, forget about it. Um, but I always like to think long-term and like to think about, you know, all those clients, those potential clients that see that job, because I've seen the, the opposite. I've seen when you do a really good job and you follow all those steps, how that lawn will speak for itself. Um, and the other thing I like to do is, um, you know, I'm so confident in how, that lawn is going to look when I'm finished over those, uh, that period of a few weeks, uh, to a month or so, um, that I always put a sign on the lawn saying, you know, just a, a sign that says something like, you know, please keep off the lawn. It's under renovation and, uh, my company logo and phone number, or website, uh, sort of thing on there on a sign. 
and I'll put that on the lawn. And uh, so that uh, it, it lets their neighbors know, um, you know, what's going on. And in that period of time where you can't mow it, uh, the lawn's going to start to grow pretty crazy. Um, and, you know, it can be like a foot tall in some areas by the time you get to that first mowing. So it just lets the neighbors know that, you know, what's going on, that you're not uh, neglecting, that their neighbor's not neglecting the lawn, that it's it's under renovation. It has to be sort of left to grow before uh, it can be cut. Uh, and it also it's advertising the company. And uh, because once they see that lawn and you do that first cutting, uh, you know, there may be a couple little bare areas, but uh, you're seeding those again and stuff. But it's still that line, that sign stays in that lawn. And, uh, you know, over those two months, uh, it just uh, it's great advertising. And I'm so confident in those results that uh, I know that, you know, other neighbors in that neighborhood are going to be uh, calling to get a quote to do what I whatever I did to that uh, particular house's lawn. Um so that's another reason why uh, that I won't do uh, a job if it's only half a job when it's when everything is required I'll turn them down. Uh so yeah. Uh anyways, that's uh, I think I'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, almost hitting an hour here, just under an hour. So um that's all for this week. Don't forget to check out the lawncarebusinesssuccess.com website and um uh, if, uh, this show has brought any value to you, uh, over the past few months or past, uh, going almost going on a year now, um, I'd ask if you haven't already to please leave a review on iTunes. Um, it, uh, really helps me out, really helps others who are searching for, uh, lawn care shows and things like that, uh, podcasts, uh, you know, just gives people your honest feedback on what you think of the show and if it's helped out uh, I'd really appreciate that Uh, and um, if you'd like to support the show um, consider using one of my affiliate links Uh, and that just helps uh, to offset some of the costs uh, for uh, having the show uh, ongoing uh, and, uh, for paying for hosting for the podcast and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and you can do that uh, on the resources page, all those resources listed there. Um, the affiliate ones are uh, marked out, but one of the easiest ones obviously is just Amazon. Uh, if you use my Amazon affiliate link, you can go in there and just do your shopping as normal. Like you would anytime you're shopping on Amazon and your prices are all exactly the same, except I get a small commission on everything that you buy after you've clicked my, uh, affiliate link and uh all that i put towards um will be putting towards paying for uh the podcast hosting and all that to sort of keep the show going um so like i say i've been um I really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening, and that's it for this week. So uh, wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.